This week on episode 50, we have Bob and Trisha D. Pasquelli, who have been married for almost 14 years. After meeting on a mission trip called Spokeforth and dating long distance, they got married in 2007 and have lived in South Florida ever since. Trisha is a kindergarten teacher who's on a mission to bring the world to her students. Bob is the founder of Initiate Impact and a, a virtual financial management firm for purpose-driven families and the host of the Speaking of Impact podcast. Together, they enjoy traveling, exercising, and working with youth and are still involved in Spokeforth. Welcome to Loving Beyond the I Do podcast. This power couple is building stronger marriages one day at a time. Talking about real issues on love, relationships, and marriage longevity. Let's break down the barriers and engage in healthy conversation with your hosts, Jason and Tina Marie. Take a seat and buckle up because things are about to get real. Hey, 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 welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Love and Beyond the I Do podcast. With your hosts, Jason and Tina Marie. That's me. And this week we have our special guests with us. We have Bob and Trisha D. Pasquale. How's it going, guys? We are great. We are great. It's great to be on the show. Love you. Love y'all's intro to the show. It's nice and jumping. Get me excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for having us. Sure. Get you, get you nice and relaxed. That's right. It's just real conversations. That's all. That's nothing, right. nothing new, right? So don't let no. the intro don't let the intro scare you off. So this is just our conversation into your background, into your yeah. marriage. So right. tell us a little bit about yourselves. I'll start. So we've been married almost 14 years now. Okay. And it's been one of those things where you look back and we're still in love with each other, but it's hard to believe it's been 14 years. It's crazy. It goes by real fast. And we actually met on a mission trip and we dated long distance for a while. And when we moved in and got married and, and moved in with each other and, and did the whole living thing together, it, we've assumed that we'd be around together this long, but man, it, time flies, right? I mean, it God. does. It does. Now, I you're... feel like we were just babies when we were just looking back now. I feel like, yeah, we were just babies when we got married. We, I was 22, just fresh out of college, and uh, I didn't even know how to pay a credit card bill at the time. So <laughs> looking back now, it, it's fun to look back and see, you know, how far we've come. But I mean, on one hand, it feels like it was just yesterday. On the other hand, it feels like it was a whole lifetime ago. I, I agree. I totally agree. Wow. <laughs> now you said long distance. How long of a distance was it? And how long was the long distance? Well, I was living in Michigan and going to college in Chicago at the time. And then he was down here where we live now in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Yeah, so I had just graduated college when we started dating. And I moved back from New York. I went to school up in New York. And I moved back to South Florida for grad school. And she was still going to college in Chicago. But if you're looking for real distance, when we got engaged, it was about a year later or so, we got engaged and she was doing her student teaching in Shanghai. Okay. Now that's a distance. So, <laughs> yes. Now that's literally the other side of the world. So when we were engaged, I was in Florida, she was in China, and we were planning a wedding in Michigan. My poor mom. We have to thank my mom for handling a lot of You mean you gave up all this beautiful, cold, 39 degree weather for Florida? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Yes. At the time, it kind of just made sense. I was just out of college. I didn't have a job yet. And Bobby had just started working. And I, I have family that live over in China. And I saw the how they jumped on an opportunity to try something different. So I decided to, you know, come down well, here. Soon. But okay. I do miss I do miss the seasons, though. So I, I do miss the cold weather, you know. So I'll go up and you know, I'll go back home and visit as often as I can. But I know I love this. But snow. it was pretty nice going to the beach yesterday. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that, that really hurts. That really hurts. Well, we so, had a nice skiing trip a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we had a lot of snow that shut us down. So it was it was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. So what have you guys learned during this 14 years? Like, what what can you share with us as far as the marriage phases? Because we know marriages go through phases. Right. So you had the dating phase, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our dating phase, like I said, it was long distance, but it was really fun. We, we really spent a lot of time talking on the phone. And I, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember when there you used to have on cell phone, your minutes were free after 9 p.m.? Oh, right. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right? Absolutely. We all waited for that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We took advantage of that. Why don't you tell them the story about when you went to the and the guy was like, oh, you've been making a lot of phone calls. Oh, gosh, goodness. Yeah. So my mom and I, we had an issue with our cell phone or something. And so we had gone to into Verizon and um, they had to pull up our plan, you know, and look at our account. And at the time, my parents <laughs> didn't know just how much I was talking with this boy that I had met on this mission trip. <laughs> And they pull up our account and the guy the, behind the desk, like his eyes just almost b- popped out, you know, when he saw how many three minutes we had taken advantage of. And he was like, whoa, you've been making a lot of phone calls, you know, <laughs> down in Florida. And my mom just kind of whipped her head at me and just thinking like, like, whoa, I didn't know you were talking to him so much. But right. it was all after nine o'clock. We would literally was letting your secrets out, right? Pull up the phone records and all your secrets come out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we, you know, obviously the dating stage was fun. Every time we got to see each other, it was really special. But I think for for us too, the beginning stages too of our marriage, those early stages were just so much fun because we were no longer long distance. We were able to be with each other. But that also led to a lot of different surprises, I guess, about our little quirks. And that's the good thing about marriage. So how long did you guys live together before you um, actually got married? We hadn't lived together before we got married. No, we didn't at all. Oh, okay, okay. 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 Oh, it's You guys guys went from this long-distance kind of uh, relationship, then you got married, then you moved in. And then you found out all the things right. that you didn't know about yeah. that you, you that's, had that's to live with somebody right. to figure out. See, you, you don't know those things over the telephone, right? Right. No, that's you the don't. surprises. <laughs> yeah, that's the surprises of marriage, yeah. which that's why um, I'm definitely one of those people who say don't move in together. Because if you move in together, you may not marry that person, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things that were cute over the phone are now like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some yeah. of the things that you guys found out about each other? I think... I, I know that I remember, you know, the first time we really had a big argument, that was really difficult for us because every time we would visit each other, it was special and we, you know, euphoric. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the first big or the first time we had an argument, I don't remember what it was about anymore, but I just remember being like so devastated that we were actually fighting. <laughs> like, what is this? And <laughs> with our personalities too, like Bobby, he likes to talk about it. Like he wants to figure out the problem and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. This is why he has his own podcast. And, and talk about it. That's <laughs> hilarious. But for me, like, especially if it's late at night, like I need to be in bed at a certain time. Like sometimes I just get 
too worked up and I kind of forget. I don't even know how to express myself anymore. Like I just need time away from him to cool off. Think about what we're fighting about. If it's really important to me, you know, what I'm trying to get, tell you what I'm trying to say to him. And so for us, a big thing was learning how to argue well together. You know, yeah. if that makes sense. Now, we, makes now sense. we're great at arguing. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's, it's, like, it's like a regular thing, right? We've gotten it down back. <laughs> but that's true. But because- no, I would want to leave the room, you know, just to clear my head. And he'd want to follow me and try to figure it out. And, you know, so we've gotten much better about that over the years. Yeah, just for sure. Knowing what the other person needs to be able to work this that's out. That's good. And how did you come to that conclusion? Because I know in Jason and I podcast, we talked about the difference in the personality types. Yep. One is being the aggressor. One is kind of the lion. One is more like the turtle. The lion just wants to talk and be in your face and kind of what's going on. And then the other one kind of retreats back into their shell. And they're like, you know, give me time to come to terms with this and I'll talk when I'm ready. But the other person, yeah. and, and so I'm the lion. I'm yep. the aggressor. Yep. I want to talk and talk. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so, like, give me a minute. Give right. me a minute. He's Not like, just literally a minute. I mean, some time. <laughs> so he's like the turtle. And he just goes into his little shell. And I'm yeah. like, well, we need to talk about like, what's the issue? So how long did it take you guys to kind of understand? And what did you actually come up on that on your own? Was it through reading books? Was it, or, or what kind of gotten you to the, to the level of understanding what you need to do to actually um, approach conflict and, and arguing? I, I would say we, it took us a while to figure it out, to define those roles. I mean, I, I think we pretty much agree that I'm the lion and you're the turtle. Oh, <laughs> um, so, but what's funny, and if you would have asked us probably within the first couple of months of marriage, we probably would have been able to identify that, but we didn't know that we didn't even think that those psychological profiles existed. So it took us probably years to really, right? I mean, for me to actually say, you know what, maybe I need to back off in this situation because yep. I know she's a turtle, right? Even though in the back of my mind, I know I am, but when you're worked up, you're worked up. Right. right. I think that, yeah, it definitely was a trial and error kind of thing because I mean, I, you know, that this, you know, the saying where they say, you know, never go to sleep angry. Like I'm the type of person that can go to bed angry because the longer I'm losing sleep, we're staying up talking about something, you know, like the angrier I'm getting. So I'm actually okay going to bed angry because I usually then wake up when I'm not mad anymore and I can kind of go back and think about it. But him, on the other hand, he would stay up for hours just fuming about whatever it was we were discussing. But so definitely some trial and error. Like he, you know, we've kind of learned now that, you know, he'll give me my space. But then I know that, you know, like after a certain amount of time, like I need to be back and be ready to talk about it and be ready to express myself. I don't think we really picked up in anything like as far as seeking advice really from others. It was just kind of what we came up with. Our own right. You just have yeah. to learn one another. You have to say, well, like you said, Bob, you can continue to push, but you're pushing her away. She's not really communicating with you at that time anyway. So you, I mean, things no. you just have to learn. I mean, like Tina had to learn that I wasn't ready to talk then. Tina had to learn? Yeah, you had to learn. (laughs) (laughs) You had to realize that Tina's going to keep pushing. Tina had to learn. I had to realize. Yeah, it's one and the same. So so what happened was we just had to come to that realization. Felt like like, a Mike Tyson moment. (laughs) (laughs) When, you know, he was, she was talking about her husband, but go ahead. Yeah, so it was, it was just, you know, one of those things. And I had to realize that it's okay for me not to be so verbal because sometimes you'd be like, man, I'm the man. I look like I should be like hammering this out, but that's not how I was raised. That's not how we did things in the family. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that next. So what are your backgrounds like? So 
do, do you both come from a two-parent home? And I mean that. So how did your parents actually, when you saw them argue, how did they handle it? And did that have any effect in on you and your marriage? That's a really interesting question. I've never thought about this really that deeply to compare it. But I know for my family, I know when my parents were arguing that I knew I just needed to give them space, right? <laughs> right. See? And, and it's right. I don't right. think we, and I'm going to let you finish, I don't think we actually think about it but subconsciously it really plays a role in how we handle conflict in our marriage so go ahead so you said when they were arguing you knew yeah i knew i had to give them space and i was an only child so i was a spoiled brat and it was kind of interesting to me when they were handling their own issues it was a little bit of a a jolt to me because it was like all right well they're not this one's not about me right i just need to (laughs) go go to my room or watch tv or whatever i could possibly do and I, I noticed that their conflicts were pretty short. I don't remember my parents. I mean, they definitely had their arguments, uh, but it was a very, very healthy, loving home. I, I can't, uh, you know, can't complain anything there. But I would say that they definitely had some blowups, but they usually handled them pretty quickly. And I, I would guess, I would say that my dad was probably the, the lion and my mom was probably the turtle. And I think I learned, maybe that's where I get it from. You know, maybe that's how I learned how to argue. I, I think maybe. Yeah, you? I, I think if we actually take a, a closer look at our backgrounds, we will realize that a lot of the things that we do, our traits and how we handle conflict in anything, bills right. or our mate, the other person's opinion, it's has a, a lot. It stems from the, how we were raised. Right. It's all a learned behavior. <clears throat> I mean, this is what I witnessed coming up. You know, like when my, I don't know, when my father raised his voice, it just like just went through the house. It's just like, <laughs> and I just was like. And he was like, no, we're just talking. We're just talking. I'm like, mm, I don't like that kind of talk. <laughs> so, so maybe that's why I got it from not really want to raise my voice and really want to go back and forth. So it's just like I just because yeah. I just don't like that all that. Loud How it talk. makes you feel. Right. Whereas I'm the opposite. My right. mom was really, really quiet and I felt like she didn't speak up enough. So it made me in growing up want to be more aggressive want Mm. to, you know, I'm not going to let people, you know, in my eyes, it was more of a pushover, Mm -hmm. I guess, because I'm a female. So to my mom, you know, when she wouldn't speak up or she wouldn't do things to me, I'm like, okay, when I grow up, I'm going to say, speak my mind always, whatever's on my mind, or I'm going to be more aggressive when dealing with conflict. And so, you know, I kind of grew up like that, even, even Mm -hmm. through grammar school. So when boys would try to hit on me or talk to me or, you know, I was just really, really aggressive. I was mm-hmm. one of those girls who didn't take much. <laughs> so, you were defensive. I get it. I get it. I know. I, you know, I came from, you know, a very loving background with my, with my parents. I, I you know, I, I think the world of my parents and, and looking back, you know, when I was growing up at the times where I would overhear them arguing, one of the things that I picked up on from them was just about what it is that they're arguing about. Like, I would say probably finances were the biggest thing that they would argue about. My dad was the one that kind of handled the finances and did the majority of that. And, and I love him so much, have so much respect, you know, for him. He passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago. But, and I know that at the time of his death, when my mom all of a sudden had to take on the role of being in charge of finances and stuff, she kind of understood where my dad had been coming from all of these years. And I think that had my dad maybe expressed himself a little bit more and, you know, been a little bit more open about his reasoning, like why we're trying to save this money or that, you know, it would have 
it would have been more helpful in, in the long run. So for us, like we try to be, you know, Bobby and I, we try to be on the same page as far as yeah. what, you know, we're, how we're doing financially, you know, what we're spending money on, things like that. So for me, it was not necessarily how my parents argued, but what it was they were arguing about right. to try to, you know, prevent that from being an issue for us. And I think- and- and I, and I think now we're more open in our relationships so we can have these different discussions. Like my family, we didn't talk a lot about finances, you know, finances at all. I mean, one person took care of the finances and you kind of just got in line behind that. It wasn't mm-hmm. much of a discussion. We can't buy this. We don't need to do this. We can do this. We can do that. So now when you get in your relationship or you get into your own marriage, now you can have these open conversations. Like, no, I want to do things just a little different. I want to have it. I want to have it open. Uh, so, and I think going back to what I was saying about understanding because your parents went through that with finances, you see how that kind of related in your marriage, how you're going to handle yours. Right. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes you say, you know what? Well, when my dad passed, my mom was unaware of everything that was going on. So I want to be more aware of what's going on and how it affects us and how we deal with the finances. Right. Yeah. So many kind different. Of, things. Right. Yeah. Have, so many different things in a marriage. I mean, finance is just one part of it. Right. So yeah. you got to deal with so many different things. So we're going to get down to. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I you know I think too that like our parents' generation, it was just a different time yeah, where definitely. things were not as open as no. as they are now. And so looking back now at that time, I can see kind of how that's kind of helped shape us because we've had conversations early on in our relationship when we were in the dating engagement phase. You know, we had a lot of conversations about what we'd seen from our parents and what we wanted, you know, for us. What attracted you guys to each other? What do you think attracted? What was, you know, what was that? Was it instant or was it just... They just looked at each other and they knew like... (laughs) We remember we were on a mission trip, so it was not instant. It was not... Um, she knew I lived in Florida. So. <laughs> there you go. We had a really nice tan, you know. <laughs> now we were part of this this mission group. It's called Spoke Folk. So we were on a twelve day biking tour. Spoke Folk's a twelve day missionary tour that takes place in different states around the country and in the summertime. And you um, come together with up to 30 to 40 people from all around the country and you live together at a church for four days and you put together a worship program that you eventually will lead and and do and perform for other congregations in different cities. And so on the fifth day then of the tour, you ride your bicycles to a new city, to a different church, and you put on your our program that we just put together the last four days. And, <laughs> and you put it on for that congregation. And then that night, you after the program's over, you sleep and you spend the night at the church. And the next morning, you get up and you do it all over again in a brand new city. And, and it's a lot of fun. You meet tons of people from around the country. Some of our best friends are, you know, scattered all over the place now. In the world, actually. The world, yeah. yeah. That's um, but, but that really, so you see the best and worst of people when you're living on top of them and, you know, living out of a suitcase for 12 days. And I think what, now, for me, correct me if I'm wrong, for you, I don't know about you, honey, but for me, it was, you know, I, I, I think I felt like I knew the real Trisha at that point, okay. right? It wasn't fake. It wasn't, you know, at, at that time, it wasn't Instagram Trisha. I mean, there's no, <laughs> right? I mean, it, I felt like I knew the real person. I felt like she was very, very grounded. She was intelligent. She was funny, but not fake. And mm-hmm. to me, that's very, that's extremely valuable. I mean, you know, 
after after her faith, which is which is the number one most important thing in my opinion in our marriage. But after that, her you know her natural ability just to be herself in that environment was extremely valuable. That way, I knew although we had it obviously lived together we weren't married yet so there was definitely things we needed to learn about quirkiness but right, from right. foundational characteristics and perspective i knew who she was and that was attractive for me it was you know bobby he did see me at my best and at my worst i mean when you're riding a bicycle i mean sometimes our rides we could be up to you know 50 miles 60 miles in one day so i mean he definitely saw me at my looking my absolute worst <laughs> and the fact that this guy still wanted to get to know me and, and talk to me you know that was definitely a bonus for me that was a huge perk but i think what drew me into him was his personality he has such an outgoing personality that he can just bring anybody like in and make them feel as if he's known them, you know, their whole life. And, and too, he was very grounded with his faith, who he was. He had overcome incredible, you know, difficult obstacles in his life. He had cancer at 18. He was very open and honest with me about that. And it, it was just so easy to talk to him. He was the first person, the first guy that I had ever liked that I was just talking to him was just effortless. It just seemed like the hours just flew by. Like, you know, you saw on our, our on phone. Right bill. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> our free, our free phone. Not only was I like to talk, but I talked for free. That's it. Right. That's but, I mean, right. So we just her became, parents, her parents really would have known if it hadn't been free. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Back, then, back then they were really getting people for every minute over. Yes. That was when you got text. You got, you know, 10 cents, you know, for every text, text. message you sent. So we had to be careful not to send any text messages. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but no so on that trip we just became really good friends with with each other and with everyone else on our team like in our group and then when those 12 days were over it was really difficult to say goodbye to each other and, and to everybody else because you know everyone's scattered around the country you don't know when you're going to see them the next time and this happens every year we go every summer except for last summer yeah. or and the summer we got married we pretty much go every summer and it's hard to say goodbye to everyone because you you just love them so much. And it was it was kind of the same thing. I mean, it wasn't. And then we just kept in touch. And before you know it, we said, you know what, we you know this is a little bit more serious. We're talking so much. And yeah, so my birthday's in November, and so that year for Thanksgiving, I for my birthday, I'd asked my parents if I could come down here to see him for Thanksgiving, and they were like, "What? Trisha wants to go <laughs> wow. visit a guy? Like this right. has to be serious." And so yeah, so for my birthday, they got me a plane ticket to come down here and spend Thanksgiving with Bobby and with his parents, and the rest is history from that we didn't know at the time how this was going to work out we knew we wanted to be with each other but it wasn't you know but we kind of saw god's timing in all of it after the end of every trip it seemed like one other trip would come up and we would be able to see each other you know within a month oh, or six right. weeks after so yeah and your parents you know when i came up to i met her parents the first time that christmas that's you know that time of year uh -huh. i went up to michigan and by the way it was bliss I mean, it was a blizzard <laughs> freezing cold I was like, what am I doing up here? <laughs> Did um, you bring shorts? Is that what you packed? I'm sure you yeah, weren't prepared. Oh, I didn't have enough. Oh. And, <laughs> and I'll never forget this. We were all leaving. So they were actually going to fly to China to visit her sister. Okay. And our, what, what, who is now our brother-in-law. They didn't have any kids yet at the, at the moment. But so we were all going to the airport at the same time. But we were flying to Chicago O'Hare from a small airport up by their house in mid-Michigan. Okay. So we're actually all on the same original flight, even though once we got to Chicago, I, we were going, going our separate, separate ways. ways. Okay. And, but I'll never forget this. We were that morning. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm going to help with all the luggage. I'm going to be the nice guy. <laughs> right. And their uncle lived next door. May he rest in peace. Now he's passed on as well. 
But Uncle Earl, at the time, he was what, 70? At least. At least 70, maybe mid-70s. It's probably somewhere in the teens in temperatures. <laughs> and the wind chills even less than that. It's 6 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. It's, yeah, it's bl- horizontal snow. Yes. And me and Uncle Earl are lug- lugging <laughs> luggage out of the house. And I, I mean, I was like frozen. And this guy was just, I'm like I said, 75 plus, just throwing just luggage into the truck. It was like, and I was like oh my gosh. Isn't that the year he gave you gloves too? Didn't he give you gloves for Christmas? I've gotten gloves as a gift five times. <laughs> I, I think it's because we're, you know, it's, it's this thing that says, if you're from Chicago, you can pretty much withstand anything, any, any weather. Yes. Like we have it all. Yes. If, you're, if you're from anywhere up here, Michigan, Indiana, Indiana. You Ohio, know. Yeah, yeah, you can deal with yeah. anything. So, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> this yeah was if you're brutal. out here and it's that early in the morning, it's definitely cold. It's the wind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. But, and I bet you were thinking, why did I want to help? I, I know you were yeah, just in your was, mind, you were probably just going, like, I'm freezing. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can well, just imagine the thoughts. Yeah, I was freezing. And it's, it's funny you say, like, why did I want to help? When was the fruit? I got another story. So the refrigerator incident. Was that the same trip? trip. Okay. So the same trip. All right. So (laughs) you're going to love this one. So we, I get out there and I'm only there. How long was I there? A few days, right? It was a few days after Christmas and they were leaving. Excuse me. A few days before Christmas because they were going to to go into China for Christmas. So they have, they got gotten a new refrigerator. I don't know, within the past few years, probably. But apparently this old fridge that they had was sitting in the basement for however long. And my future father-in-law was like, hey, Bobby, let's, you know, let's help me grab this fridge. And I'm like, what am I going to say? No. You know, it was a test. You know, it was a test, right? Basement. It was a test. Yeah. He you was testing. Oh, yeah, hey, no. <laughs> hey, Bobby, help me with this fridge. Head as a kid. I mean, like, it was like a humongous thing. <laughs> it was uh, old, old, old school. Like you saw it like on the... The, I don't know if you've ever been on the Carousel of Progress at Disney World, but like like from the 40s or 50s or something. Uh-huh. And they go one one thing that you you yeah, yeah. To we had it. a yeah. we had to push it up the steps and he my father in law and listen like he had bad knees even at that point and he's trying to drag the thing up the steps and I'm underneath it at the bottom <laughs> of the steps and you're going like what? this trying to push it up. So you're oh, how tall God. and you weigh how much? It it took us. How long did it? I mean, it must have taken us a half hour to just to get it up the steps, and I was ex- we were exhausted. And my mother and your mom was like, she was upset that they made me do this. But oh, I was so mad at my dad. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. whatever. We got it out. We threw it. You know, and that's it. Now they got a new fridge. And it's so. all good now. But he definitely he definitely proved himself. I was just going to say he sure. passed. The test. <laughs> he, right. He, he wanted to see if you were going to able to withstand her the whole time of marriage. He was like, let me give him this test. Well, yeah. you know what? He really showed himself to my parents. It was that, that night before we were about to leave, my parents and I were still packing, finishing up our packing. And oh, yeah, he yeah. ended up cooking this humongous meal for us. Sorry. And yeah, this awesome dinner. And so then they were like, okay, this guy knows how to cook. I he's, sold him with the food. Yeah. He's good. It always works, man. Always works. <laughs> and so what did you cook? Was it Italian? It must've been Italian. Yeah. My last name is De Pasquale. So it was, it was some kind of spaghetti. No, it was, it wasn't chicken Parmesan. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think it was chicken Parmesan. Mm. And then, the funny thing about this was with my so my my Italian family like you know we drink red wine and we with with, with it, especially with an Italian meal right right well we all set up this I had this beautiful Italian meal and I just it just last I'll never forget this picture there was so how many of us was there it was the three, three of you of yeah it was the three of them and me and there was you know three 
eight to 12 ounce glasses of milk and a glass of water for me. I always give a hard time. I was like, we're having spaghetti and like chicken pot and milk. Yeah, so, we needed our milk. Come on. So that was, West. so again, that was one of those things that you say, background, right? Yeah. How, yeah. how different families are. And we don't even think about that really in marriage. We don't even think about the uh, background of our mate. We just, we just kind of see the person. We want to marry them. We want to be with them. Yeah. Not really going into, like you said, the details of, the traditions of your family, your culture, yep. and what you're used to doing. That's funny. Mm-hmm. So did you guys have wine or did you drink water? And milk. I don't even think we had wine at my no, house. No, I don't think they had wine. <laughs> yeah, milk, milk and water, that's all we needed, right? Milk, water, potatoes, and cheese. <laughs> right, but, right. But what's funny now, though, is you and your mom are always drinking. They always drink wine together now. Now we do. Yeah. Not uh, so much then. Yeah, I think it's because I, I rubbed off on them. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. That's all that good cooking, right? So, so yeah. you have how many people in your family, Atricia? I have. I grew up with my parents and my older sister. So it's just so two. two of of you. So two girls, though, just two yeah. daughters. And yeah. so you're the only child. Yeah, me. Yeah. Yes. And spoiled. I'm, my parents gave up after me. They're like that. That's enough. Yes, that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Yeah, it was one and done for them. And you know what? You're an only child, like the world kind of does center around you for a while. Absolutely. Uh, but I did have some unique issues, health issues and things in my life. And I think it just, it that was probably the best. And, and God bless my parents. They loved me to death. They raised me pretty good, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and I get, they got me through college and, and the illness and all that. And they ultimately ended up getting divorced, unfortunately. But I couldn't have asked for a much better home, you know, growing up. I mean, it was, they, they treated me very well. We had a dog. And that was that was my brother, my little chihuahua. He was like five pounds. His name was Zero. So what were some of the hard things when you guys first got together? Because I know being an only child, like you said, you're used to the universe kind of centering around you. And that's yep. kind of hard to um, yeah, give to up. Learn and, how to share now. Yeah, And you don't realize it. You right. really don't see it. So you just you're just kind of who you are. And you're like, well, this is what it usually is. And kind of get on board or. So I can mm-hmm. imagine how that first blow up was kind of a, a shock to you, Trisha. So so how did you guys, so what were some of the things? First got married. I hadn't started my job yet. We got married in the summer. And so I was starting teaching that in the fall. So we were living with his mom. We lived with her for about a year, year and a half. She was now, she was... She was tremendous in the fact that living with her really helped us save up because like I said, yeah. we were just babies. I didn't know how to right. pay a credit card bill. I was like, oh, what is this? Let's, what's the, oh, we only have to pay the minimum amount. Oh, okay. And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. But you know, there was so much that we had to learn. And so we, so we were living with her for the first year and a half. And one time, one memory that sticks out for me is she came in with his laundry. She was, she had done his laundry for him. And I was just thinking at the time, like, like, no, like I, we don't, we don't need you to do our laundry. Like this is, we can do this on our own now. Yeah. It was the three of us then, you know, at, at home, like I said, it helped us financially. We were able to save up. And then, you know, a year and a half later, we were able to buy, you know, our first home and then turn that around and fix it up. But yeah, it was just, I don't know. What else adjustment, would you say? Adjustments. I, I, yeah. 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 I would say for me, the, the, the thing, you know, for me, there was just certain foundational things that we had growing up that were, you know, like tidiness and, mm-hmm. you know, cooking meals for dinner and sitting together and eating. And there were just certain habits and things right. That, right. that were just a little bit different. Not that they didn't, that, not that she didn't do them right or wrong, but like, I'll just, this is the example that we still talk about this to this day. And you'll probably get mad at me for this. Oh but, boy. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 well, it's all among friends. So, we're, it's all among friends in the world. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, for me, it, when you're done eating dinner, 
Okay. Oh, you no. take the plate and your silverware. Oh. If you haven't finished anything and you need to put it in the fridge and it's leftovers or you need to throw it out, just throw it out. And then you, when you're in the kitchen, you're already there. You might as well go ahead and put your dish and your silverware in the dishwasher. Right. I mean, why make two trips out of it? Well, Trisha has this thing where I guess what they do is in her family, the four of them would finish eating and whoever didn't cook is their job is to clean everything. Okay. So they just pile it all up in one spot and scatter and go watch TV <laughs> or whatever. And this poor person is sitting there scrubbing things down when it would, in my opinion, and I'm using the word opinion because I'm, right, I'm, right. it might be so much easier if everyone just tripped in a little bit and maybe that person's job is to tidy up a little right. bit. But if right. I would just put my dish, dishes in the dishwasher, I wouldn't have to, you know, I mean, it just seems easier. So that's one thing I had to learn. That's that I, you wonderful. Know, you, guys, to... you guys have a great story. Like, this is actually the ultimate of getting to know each other in marriage. Like, these things that, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, we talk about all these things and how your background really plays a key role in your marriage. So I can see how that probably would have caused some kind of conflict. And you're like, okay, I cooked, so you need to clean. And he's like, well, won't we both clean? And you're like, no, yeah. I cooked, right? So is that how the conversation kind of went? <laughs> and you know what's funny? I think a big adjustment, too, for me was not only was I just, you know, newlywed, but also moving from such a different place down here. Like, I can look back at myself now. I can look back now at that time and, and think, like, how difficult that was. I just graduated college. I was no longer with my friends, and I, I was far away from my family. With my sister living over in China, we, we rarely get the chance to see them. I'm very close to my parents. You know, I've always been really close to them. And so being away from them was was tricky, too. So there was there was a whole lot going on. There. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. And, yeah, and it has super. to be an adjustment period. Like, yes. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure the, the thoughts came over your mind, like, what have we gotten into? Like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm sure because it's such a culture shock. It's, yeah. it's, it's totally yeah. different of background. Yeah. So, Cause you go from and, one life and then get plopped down into this one. And it's like, I don't yeah. have any yeah. family or friends around me. Yeah. yeah. South Florida is very different than Michigan. And I think there's beauty in both places. I, I right. now, you know, I, I love both places, but I do remember one time we, I was really frustrated about something. I don't remember what it was, but it was late at night and I went, out for a walk just to kind of clear my head, just, just through our neighborhood, right. nowhere, you know, nowhere far. And I just remember he, this huge like iguana just came like walking out <laughs> in front of me. And I'm like, what is this? Like, where did I move to? Like, what's going on here? And I just, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was just. I don't remember funny. that. You never told me that. Yeah, no. That's funny. <laughs> well, so if it was Michigan, it would have been a deer or something, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. She didn't want to tell well, you because she was really contemplating whether she wanted to pack up and leave. <laughs> right, like she things like, are crawling and right, crawling. Right, right. I'm not used to this. Yeah, it's different. So how has it changed? How So who does the dishes now? Um, well, like how I do said, we compromise? There's still, huh? there's still, still the occasional time out. where uh, you're, there, I come in after dinner and there's still a pile of dishes in the, in, the, in the sink. Listen, but when he's like out of town for something, like if he's at a conference or, you know, wherever, or, you know, I will, I, the kitchen She'll is use the so same, clean. The same plate the whole week so that she doesn't have to keep <laughs> That's smart. That's just- you know, I'm wondering, is that like a Midwest thing? Well, I would say, a, a, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. in the north. So, so you're striking a nerve here because we, we still have issues with the plate. All right. I think a we plate. Talk- a plate, just one. So if you guys ever listen to our podcast, if, yeah. if you ever get a she, chance to. She's been on me about a plate for a minute because I will leave my plate. 
and I'm coming back for it. And she's wondering why I don't move, throw the plate away, or wash it or do whatever. I'm coming back. But every day it's a different plate, guys. Every yeah. day. And then what he'll do is he'll forget about the plate, but it's not just in the kitchen. It's not in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's say he wants room. to eat in the bedroom. So he'll have some cookies or something in the bedroom, and then he'll he'll get up and put the plate in the bathroom yep. on his Almost way to, to the, the kitchen, kitchen. And, which doesn't make sense to me. So he'll he'll put the plate in the bathroom, walk to the kitchen, maybe mm-hmm. get some water or whatever or do whatever, and then come back in the room, get in the bed, like, okay. And then the next day he has to get up, shower, right, brush his teeth, the place still right there. Yeah. He'll he'll do everything he needs to do, get ready for work, and walk right out of the bathroom yeah. into the kitchen, and the plate is still there. Until and I get thinking, a text. And and so I'll you know so at first you know as a wife you just move it right yeah. you just move it okay oh he forgot this right. then about the fifteenth year you go <laughs> obviously <laughs> like if I keep moving this thing he's not going to realize that the plate really shouldn't be here uh-huh. so then I start. Well, you left your plate. Oh, oh yeah, I, that's right. I remember. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Then about the twentieth year, it's like I'm gonna take a picture of it and I'm gonna text it to him. Right. Then she started texting to the family. Right. So now my sister said, "Man, are you gonna move this plate right. or what?" Right. So it's like the conversation of because if you keep if I keep cleaning up, it's, it's sort of like. He doesn't realize what he's doing. Oh, I, I unless unless it. you know you kind of yeah. bring it to their attention. And I'll so, tell you where yeah. it kind of came from. I was the dishwasher when we were younger, so I was the youngest. I had three oh. older sisters, and Sundays were the days I didn't like them. I did not like. So that. they didn't do what what you did in your no, family. No. Uh, On Sunday, Bob, they right. they met. They dirtied up. Every dish that they could possibly get their hands on, every <laughs> pot, every pan, every silverware. Not with me. He meets his family. And I had to wash dishes on Sunday. So that means when he grew up, he didn't want to wash dishes. So yeah. when we bought our first, first uh, when we bought our first home, of course, it had a dishwasher. Yeah. So he's like adamant about this dishwasher, you yeah. know. And his yeah. mom is like, "Well, just you know, wash a few, he had a few like, dishes." I'm like, "I'm not washing any more dishes." He no. would not wash dishes. <laughs> so. so it's so funny. But I was gonna say your story because we have a son, and his he's of course from here, and his girlfriend is from Florida. And she's the same way. She likes clean up right after you eat and do this. And and my son is like, he scatters. He's like, like, (laughs) (laughs) so it must be a northern thing. We just we'll get it later. Yeah. Yeah. So and and that's kind of how we do things too. It's sort of like okay, whoever cooked, the other people have to clean. Mm-hmm. And even though it yep. sounds kind of crazy, it just might be the difference between the North and the South. I don't know. But it definitely is a, is a, a difference. Yeah. In, but those are things that we really don't think about in marriage. They, and it's things can, like that that can really right, create be, some problems. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you're arguing, you arguing over stuff that you shouldn't because it's just the way that you guys grew up and things are just different. That's it. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, are you going to clean up? And you're like, sure. Two or three days mm-hmm. from now? Absolutely. Yes. Or whenever I get ready. Yeah. So she like, put me on blast on like five different episodes of you know the podcast because I didn't move this plate. Well, I'm that's have good. to go back and catch those. So, so did your dad actually help with cleaning, Bob? Did, did who? Your dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My, actually, it's funny you say that. So my dad worked in supermarkets okay. for most of his life. And actually his whole life. I mean, outside of... <laughs> After coming back from the military, I think he served in the yeah in the military and in, in the Marines, and he he got a discharge because of his foot or something, and he worked in supermarkets, and he was 
a grinder and to make the supermarket look as perfect as possible. So yes, he would clean and everything. And he, I, I would go to work, you know, you like take your kid to work day or whatever. He would be walking up and down the aisles on his hands and knees, picking stuff up, twisting bottles, right? This is after 20, 25 years of being in the business and working his way up and, and being, you know, some kind of management position, mm-hmm. uh, still working in the store, not like a corporate manager or anything, just but but some, in charge of something, and he's always fixing. So now, like, my dad's 70-something years old, and in, in his kitchen, in his home, he's constantly, like, bending Cleaning. over. Stuff <laughs> if you have a white floor, forget it. He, he'll, he'll be doing up-downs all day long. So, yes, he would clean and spot clean and yeah, everywhere. Bathroom, kitchen, you name it. So, Always. Trisha, when the in-laws are, com- in-laws are coming over, do you be like, oh, wow, I, got really, this is, I have to <laughs> I really clean because his dad clean, is going right? to bring the white glove, right? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> she just lets them clean. She's like, oh, well, they're going to clean anyway, so I might as well just let them do it. <laughs> We're going to find something anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's like this is the classic, all of the background and the difference in how you were raised and how you handle things. So that, that give us another one. That's a very interesting story. So, you how, so how do you guys do it now? Do we answer that? How do you do it now? So Sometime after dinner, mm-hmm. what happens? I think it's more a combination. I think I, I definitely try to pitch in more because I know it drives him crazy. But, <laughs> but on the other hand, too, I he works out of the house now. And okay. so he's home all day. I, I come home from school and it's 5.30, 6 o'clock or so at night. And, and then I'll wonder what those dishes are in the sink. It's changed, huh? You're like, yeah. wait, well, you've been home all day right. and there's dishes yeah, in the right? sink. So I'm I'm cleaning all practically all day long just while I'm working or on the phone or a conference call or something. I'm walking around picking stuff up. Doesn't seem like I really don't work on the only thing I really don't work on is is she does most of the laundry. Yeah. I do. I do all of the laundry. <laughs> most. Yeah, all so, of so is that because of because your mom always did it? Uh, Bob, you know that's a good point. Bob my and mom, Trisha. My mom. Yeah. My mom did do, yes, uh, yes. Growing up, my mom always handled the laundry, and then my sister and I would pitch in, and we would help with that. Yeah, you know, I never really gave that much thought before, but I guess that's, you know, one of the reasons why I just kind of did it automatically. And also, I liked how I have hang my shirts up. <laughs> yeah, she's picky. Of all the things that you're picky about, I'm, I'm very, it's how her shirts are hung. Right. We all have something, right? One of those yeah, courts. Something, though. But I think now, I think now, like, especially with where we are right now with our careers, I think that as far as cleaning and, and things like that go, we kind of can feed off of each other. And if I know, like, he's doing a podcast or an interview or something at night, like, he's definitely not going to feel like coming down and making sure everything's clean before yeah. the bed, you know? So, like, sure. I'll, pick, I'll, you know, I'll pitch it and I'll, you know, I'll, you know, take that, you know, I'll just term. leave it to next week. I'm like, whenever we get to it, yeah. when if we die, nobody's going to, I'm not going to say, man, you know, I wish I would have cleaned more. Like, yeah. I'm just, it's, yeah. it's a different perspective. It, it stresses you, you out. Cleaning it and does. stuff really kind of stresses you out. So, I mean, And I just stopped doing it because it's like, I'm constantly doing it because somebody, I'm not going to name any names, but somebody like, they just don't clean up behind themselves. So it's like the more I clean, it seems like the more I am cleaning. It's like it magically happens. I mean, it just gets clean. And then I'm like, wow, this is nice. Let me put something here and here and here. It's funny. She'll clean something and then I'll come back and put something in the spot. She's like, I just cleaned that spot. I'm like, I know. She said, and that's why you put it there because it's clean. I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) You were preparing the the spot for me. So so if I leave it dirty, if I leave it dirty, then maybe he won't put it there. But then, no, he'll just push it over and then find another, you know, so. I was just like a few weeks ago, he, 
Bobby had heard from somebody, I don't remember who you heard this from now, but you had heard about how when you leave a room, you should try to reset it and yeah, okay. leave it the way it was when you know when you got there. And so that's kind of helped us, I think, with that's just being more aware theory. of, you know. I'm, I'm that's kind of like good in theory. I, you know what? I said I'm, that I'm to my kids. That. I said that to my husband. It's like yeah. good in theory. Yeah. <laughs> I have good intentions sometimes. You know, like I'm going to yeah. get up every morning, I'm going to make up the bed, I'm going to do all this. But I should have known. Yeah. I should have known when yeah. I was dating him. His room was a little dirty. Yeah. But I just yeah. oversaw that, right? Yep. The you things you just overlook yeah. because yeah. you're like, that oh. <laughs> no. You're just like, oh, he's just doing that because he's in the, in the house with his mom, right? Yeah. He's yeah. young. Yeah. You know, it's it's a trait. It's I, I a habit. I didn't totally grow out of that, but, no. you know, I'm okay. And then by him being the youngest and a boy, and he had all sisters. And just so a little bit spoiled. They, yeah, just picking oh. up. You know, his mom kind of did everything. And yep. so I'm just like, okay. You're the baby brother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just weird. Just it's almost like being the only child. It's like I had three extra moms. You know, my sisters all took care of me. So it, it was, it was wonderful. I couldn't. It kind of was because his, his, the sister that's closest to him is ten years older than him. Mm-hmm. So all of his sisters are like a year apart, and then ten years later, here, here he is down here. Yep. So they're wow. all, they're all like teenagers, right? When you were born. Yeah. So ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, uh-uh, no, there was ten, fifteen, and fourteen. Oh, there's that. The news between reading yeah, them. Yeah. Okay. Loretta's the so, so just think, you your mom has a baby, and you're like 14 years old. Yeah. You know, wow. so was, he had three moms, right? Yeah. yeah. Except for my youngest sister, she wanted me to be a girl, so she braided my hair and painted my nails. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have pictures of that. I do not. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I can only go on the stories. (laughs) So what do you think you can give couples who are young? Because I think it's easier, actually it's easier, I feel, that when you're younger and you learn to grow with each other, compromise and grow with each other, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being older in life and then kind of stuck with your quirks. We can kind of bend a little bit, be a little bit more flexible when we're younger than when we're older. So how did you kind of, what can you give people for handling those things when you get married and you find out that, they're used to doing things one way, and you're used to doing things another. What's a good way to really compromise or come together? Because not everyone can do that. No. No. I think compromising, that's the right word. That's the right place to go. It's not about changing the other person. Right. It's about understanding them. And compromise may not be the lasting solution, but at least in the beginning, you got to compromise until you kind of figure out where you all fit in together. Because I think both of us have changed in some ways since we were married but it wasn't overnight it wasn't like okay we're going to do this thing your way and that thing your way it was let's figure out what makes it let's almost kind of start over together and figure Mm -hmm. out what way makes sense for both of us at the same time right yeah i think learning how to argue well with each other was a big thing too like i said because that first time we i had a big argument that was just devastating to me you know and and you need to know what your spouse needs in return when you're like, I've now learned that he needs you know, me to explain myself better. He knows that I need a little bit of space to clear my head. So I think that learning how to have those arguments, because every, I mean, every couple is going to have arguments, you know, let's face it, like nobody's perfect. And so, but those can make or break your relationship. So it's, so it's really an important thing to learn how to communicate with each other and figure out what your spouse needs in order to get through that. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that the first time you had an argument, it's like you, your relationship was, was so strong. You had a good foundation, kind of like 
We did, and then we never argued. We never were unhappy. We just it was rolling and rolling. That's and rolling why they along. call it the honeymoon phase, right? Even after marriage, I mean, it was just we were like four or five years in, and things were just groovy. And then we started, you know, disagree on some things, and it's just like, you know, where did this come from? You know, now you have to relearn. You know, you have to. Well, I think that's what understand. arguing is. It, it is. is what we learned is that when you when you start to argue, it's because there's something that's different mm-hmm. between the two, and it needs to be reconciled. You know, it needs to be brought to the attention of both parties in order to understand it and compromise. That's kind of what conflict is, because if you don't argue, then you don't grow to un- cause, because arguing creates growing. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. grow your marriage. Grow. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. it helps you to understand each other, compromise and then grow past that situation, because if we don't grow in it, then we're constantly arguing over it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, I would totally agree with that. Totally. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. What what was the the strongest like or the biggest thing that you guys had to learn to compromise on? on to, yeah, overcome. or overcome? Yeah, overcome. Yeah. Ooh, man, that's getting, a great question. But whatever you want to share, not getting too personal. You right. know. I I got a quick one. I don't know if it's the biggest, but this comes up a lot. Tell me. So, I don't sleep very well, and I'm the type of person where it takes like it, it's oh a, yeah, it's this a, is a good one. It's a process <laughs> for me to go to sleep, right? So. When I when it's time for me to go to bed, like I have to be prepared. I have to do my routine before I get into bed, and then once I get into bed, it's like I need time to to get my body to just my brain to calm down. And I'm usually listening to something or watching or anything. And for her, it's completely different. She's 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 a rock. I mean, bam, hit the pillow, 10, 15 seconds, maybe she's already starting to breathe heavy. Yeah, it it, it just I mean, it took us it it. We still like we, this is still a, a tough situation for the both of us because it still takes me a while to fall asleep and it takes her thirty seconds. I mean, I timed her once. The one time, the one time it was like I want to say maybe it was like ten twenty-five at night, you know, and I was like, I bet I can be asleep by ten thirty. Time me, and a few minutes later, he like waking me up and shaking me. He's like, "Honey, honey, you did it! You did it! You fell asleep!" And then I was mad that he woke me up. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, this has been something. This has been a big thing for us because, like, if I have something to do the next morning, or she, one of us, has something with to get up super early, or there's something important going on, it could be challenging because the other person may not be ready to go to bed or what. And I can't really fall asleep if it's not, if there's not, if there's other commotion going on in the house. It's very challenging for me to go to go to bed. So. Yeah, so when, when he needs to go to bed, like, I also need to go to bed, too, whether I'm ready for it or not. <laughs> By the time I, if I go into the bedroom once he's already asleep and I crawl into bed, that's going to wake him up, and then he has to start his whole process all over again. But Must be so the lion in us. It's kind of hard for me so, to go to sleep, so too. Ongoing. It's kind of hard to turn your brain off, right? I go right to sleep. Boom, bang, head, he, hit the he, pillow. I, I don't even think his head hits the pillow before he sleeps. It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, wow, how can I'm you? Jealous. I'm jealous I know, of you. I know right? I really and am. Like, I really am. I'm jealous. I'm like, what I, are you staying up for? I'm and like, I hate when he wakes me up. So, you know, with him, <laughs> if he, did you hear that or whatever, you know, or he, if he wakes me up and I wake up with the slightest sound. Yep. And then it, then that's like two or three hours I'm trying to go back to sleep. And I'm. I'm and then he, he gets up the next morning all refreshed. And, How did you sleep? I didn't. I just went to sleep five minutes ago. I'm like, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like. Yeah, that's sometimes what I'll do is you know you know when you have the dream that like you're falling and then you jerk and you wake yourself up. Right. Uh-huh. I do that a lot. And it's usually right when he's just 
fall asleep. <laughs> so then he has to start the whole process over again. And he'll be like, honey, I'm like, I'm what? I'm sorry. Like I couldn't help. And she that. dreams. You dream. She has the most vivid dreams and she can recall them. And she moves and she's all over the place. I mean, you're That's a deep, funny. You know, what do you do? Do you exercise? Do you like what do you do during the day? Because that comes I, from that comes from exercise. That comes from what you do. That's what the, the gardeners. I teach five and six year olds. So she's oh, constantly yeah. like moving, yeah. and and that's yep. actually what is what is from. And we I say that because our daughter is in gymnastics, and of course a lot a large part of her day was dealt with you know flipping and practicing, and so that's the last thing that's on her mind, and or it's just in her. So if if anyone ever slept with her, if she got in bed with us, it's oh, like she's all night she's. And- Twipping, and yeah, and, and talking and jumping. And yep. and so my mom came to stay with us one time, and, and she slept with her, and she was like, I woke up with her leg over my neck. <laughs> so just tell my mom, be careful when you sleep with her. So yeah. that's from what you do all day. It's yeah. like constantly, it's like your mind is just subconsciously repeating it and repeating it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you're. she's a busy person. And I've slept walk once in my life, and that's the only time <laughs> I ever remember doing anything. Occasional dream, maybe, but I never really remember what happened. You're like Jason. No. Jason yeah. doesn't remember. I remember no. everything. I have real clear, yeah. vivid. I dream all the time. She does. And she's like, I had a dream, and this and the other. And I'm sitting there going, man, you can remember all that? I'm like, I have a dream. I may remember bits and pieces. He doesn't. He, he's like, I don't think I dream. Right. That's what he And said. a little bit I do is like, yeah, something happened and I did this and then I don't remember the rest. You know, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's foggy. It's foggy. Yeah. And the other thing is, so this is, okay, okay let, let me first of all be clear about this. It, domestic violence is not nothing to joke about, but she has unexpectedly swung something <laughs> and woke me up and hit me before in the middle of the night. She's, and I, I've actually had a bruise on my hip before yep. once. Yeah, we'll never forget that. She just—I don't know what you did, but she went. I don't, know I, I don't know what I saw in my dream. I'm not sure, but I woke up. I woke myself up. Yeah, from hitting him. And it was hilarious. But I was for the next couple of days. I was like, man, she really got me good. There. <laughs> she was pretending she was asleep. That yeah, was that right. payback. Right. She was like, he knows that I sleep yeah. and I dream, so I'm going to see if I can get away with this. <laughs> Oh, she's definitely moving around. And so we have we have a cat too, right? Uh-huh. And the cat is sleeps like a log also, right? So those two are snoring away and I'm sitting there trying to fall Upset. asleep. You're sitting back looking. <laughs> yeah. So no. we so excuse me, we kind of geared off from it. So what was the, the big issue? Back to the question. What is you know, so you said, Oh, the falling asleep? Right. Yeah, that was an issue because, and it still is because it, it definitely causes problems sometimes now because, like I said, if if I have to do something important the next day or she does or if the schedules don't match up, we kind of have to figure it out. Like she's either tiptoeing around and make it seem like there's nothing going on or same thing for me, right? Or she has so, to go to bed. But but she can go to bed and you're still up, right? That doesn't bother her. Yeah. And in fact, she can go to bed just about anywhere. I mean, I <laughs> how many times have actually this is funny too. I don't want to get more off topic, but this is actually funny. There's this happens all the time. She'll fall asleep and be taking a nap somewhere in the house that's not in the bedroom, and I will not realize that she's asleep, and I'll start playing the drums. I, I, I play the drums, <laughs> or I'll start calling her, Trisha. You know, we're all like asking where she is, and she'll be like, "Oh, what? you know, like, I, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even realize you were sleeping because she just falls asleep." <laughs> Yeah, I have a gift. What can I say? Um, so Jason that's one does issue. the same thing, and I'll, yeah. he'll just he'll just go in the basement. Right, he'll I'll fall step asleep. outside the studio, or he's at his <laughs> desk, and I'll look over, and he's like 
last night. Last night I was sitting there and I, and I fell asleep and she turned off my life for me. And then after a while, I woke up and she said, okay, now we can finish the conversation we were having. We're having a conversation. Right in the middle. I just fell asleep. I was just tired. I was and like, I Jason, just, you know what? Such and such and such. Was it a dream you were telling me? No. No, I was telling you about Oh, about the cap and gown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I it, was telling was him funny. about something that was going on. And when he didn't respond, I knew he was asleep. I'm just like. You know, and that used to be a problem. She would get upset and be like, you're not paying attention to me. It, so she would get upset because, like, if she gets in the bed, she's wide awake now, right? I get in the bed. I am sleepy. So <laughs> I am falling too. to sleep. I'm sleepy. She wants to have this conversation, which is fine. But then I fall asleep, <laughs> which is not fine. So now she's yeah. upset. Because I'm like, how can you fall asleep if we're talking? Because right. I'm, and I tell her, baby. Trisha, can you fall asleep when you guys are talking? You do, right? I'm, I'm in the bed, baby. <laughs> Trisha, so so Bob and I are like, Damn. Trisha, Jason, Damn. hello. Yeah, like, honey, well, hello? you two can call each other then while we're sleeping. So. <laughs> we'll be up all night, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's happened more, you know, plenty of times, and that. So honestly, that really, I mean, it's funny, but that has kind of that has probably been a big thing to overcome. I'd say the other thing, probably, Trisha, is probably, yeah. Well, so our so we haven't been able, you know, you asked us, we have because we haven't been able to have kids. Now we have a loving niece and nephew that are, that, excuse me, nieces and nephew that live in China, mm-hmm. and so we try to communicate with them as much as we can. But that's caused some things issues too because there's times where. You know, we want to speak. She wants to speak with her family, but we have something else going on, or you know. And sometimes it's like, okay, I got to drop everything because we may never get to speak to them for another week or month or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, definitely. I, I think too, with especially with young married couples, like when you first get married, you know, everyone starts asking you when you're going to have kids, yeah. and and then all of a sudden, like that's like the next focus. And right. I think that there's a lot of pressure for right. young mm-hmm. couples to feel absolutely like they have to start that and. For us too, you know, we had we had wanted to have kids, and then you know when we found out we weren't able to, you know, it kind of became this thing like, you know what, that's not going to define us. Exactly. Um, we don't need to have kids in order to feel like we can make an impact on the world. So you know, we have found other you know things that we enjoy. You know, we we travel around the world. We you know we do or to all or to define your marriage right. or to define your marriage, who you are. Right? It was yeah. the two. You know, that's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you, you and young a lot people, of life. Yeah, and young people are still a big part of our life. With Spoke Folk, the ministry we were just talking about recently, we're still bringing teenagers on that. You teach five- and six-year-olds all the time. But there really was a lot of pressure. And so my, with my medical history, it's my fault. So that wraps up another episode of Love and Beyond the I Do podcast. And once again, we're, we're in, in it to win it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lovin' Beyond the I Do podcast. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legendary Relationship or visit our website at legendaryrelationship.com. Till next time, remember to make every day count. Count.